Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. Uh, today, we're going to take a little bit of a sidebar. We're going to go uh, chase a little subject real quick. Uh, today is actually, uh, in the year 2008, what people call Good Friday. You will hear that phrase all the time, you know. And that's okay. I know where people are coming from, but this is sort of my yearly uh, soiree into these arenas right here. Because let me tell you, there is no such thing as Good Friday. I know a lot of times people will say things, well, no, it wasn't good for Jesus, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. That's cute and everything. But uh, no, Jesus did not die on Good Friday. So let me just explain it to you why real quick. And, and I'll tell you what, let me just say it from the get-go. That is not a big deal, okay? This is not something uh, that I separate fellowship over with people, okay? You should never separate fellowship over a lot of times what people call non-essentials, you know, related to the faith. But I do think that this is important. So why is it important? Because of what God tells us in 2 Timothy. Paul was writing to Timothy, and it was at the end of Paul's life. And he tells Timothy to be diligent. This is in uh, chapter 2, verse 15. Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. And I think we need to accurately handle the word of truth. And so the, the truth is that Jesus didn't die on Good Friday. So why does it matter? Well, for no other reason, it matters because we need to accurately handle the word of truth. And quite often when people, uh, when I say something like this, of course, there's questions, and that's great, man. But there's a couple of big things that we need to look at. And here's the big thing in my mind. If Jesus is the Passover lamb, as uh, people who are Christians will usually readily uh, agree to, if he's the Passover lamb, then how is it? that he ate the Passover meal when he was supposed to be the Passover lamb. You know, quite often people will say that the last supper that Jesus had was the Passover meal, and they'll go through the whole thing with a Seder, which is sort of interesting because Seder just means service. The word means service. So you hear people say, well, we had a Seder service, and they're really saying we had a service service. Well, I know what they mean by it, okay? I know what they're pointing to, you know, what they're directing. And so anyway, but that last meal was not a Passover meal proper. It wasn't. It was just a meal that Jesus had with his disciples. Now, the scripture tells us point blank all the details we need to know. The Passover lamb was killed on the date of Nisan the 14th, the 14th day of the month. And you see that in Exodus 12. And Exodus 12 and Leviticus 23 tells us a lot about the feast of Israel and the timing of these things. So that Passover lamb was killed, and the lamb was to be killed between the evenings, uh, the more contemporary versions will say at twilight. When we think of twilight, we're thinking like the hour, 30 minutes before sunset or the 30 minutes after sunset. That's not what is meant here in the Hebrew. It means between the evenings. And the idea is at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, between noon and sunset. And that's exactly when Jesus died. So the meal that Jesus ate with his disciples, he really ate on the sun 14th at sundown. Now remember this. The Hebrew day begins at sundown. So Jesus sits down, he has this meal with him, and then, you know, he says, okay, let's go. And they go out, and all the stuff that happens with Jesus' arrest, with his uh, hanging on the cross, with his dying, that all happens on the 14th day of the sun. That whole evening, and then the day, and then he dies at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, you remember the scripture says that they were hurrying to get him off the cross because the next day was the Sabbath. Well, the next day was the Sabbath, 
but it wasn't the weekly Sabbath. This is where the error comes in. It wasn't the weekly Sabbath. The weekly Sabbath was from uh, sundown at Friday, okay, and it would go through sundown, what we call Saturday. But this wasn't the weekly Sabbath. This was the Sabbath of the 15th day of Nisan. And you see this in Leviticus 23. It says, Then on the 15th day of the same month, there is the feast of unleavened bread to the Lord. For seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. So this is the feast of unleavened bread. Now hear this. On the first day, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no, no you shall not do any laborious work. That 15th day of the month in the sign was a Sabbath day, a day of Sabbath rest. So what happened was that 14th day in the sun, actually in the New Testament, it wound up being called the day of preparation because they're preparing the lamb and then they sacrifice the lamb in between the evenings. They kill the lamb and they start preparing the meal. They cook the meal. They have everything together. They sit down for the meal. The sun goes down. It becomes the 15th day. It becomes the day when they had the Passover meal proper. Well, see, there's no way Jesus could have done that because he was the Passover lamb. So here's what happens. Jesus is killed on Assigned the 14th between the evenings at 3 o'clock. That would be our Wednesday afternoon. The sun goes down. It's evening and morning. That's day one. That is Thursday, what we call Thursday. It's evening and morning again. That's day two, what we call Friday. It's evening and morning again. That's day three is what we call Saturday. And so this literally fulfills the word of the Lord. Remember over Matthew 12, uh, Jesus was confronted by some people who wanted to see a sign, you know, and he says, an evil and adulterous generation craves for a sign, and yet no sign will be given to it, but the sign of Jonah the prophet. Now this is Jesus speaking. And just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the sea monster, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. See, Jesus says it point blank. So these are the two major things <coughs> that I always talk with people about this. The first thing is that Jesus, by being the Passover lamb, could not eat the Passover meal proper because he was dead. He was the sacrifice. Okay, so that meal that he had the night before is where he established a new covenant. Yeah, it had elements of a, a Passover meal, but it's just like any other meal we have. I, I often use it as an example. Uh, you know, most of us will have big meals, say Thanksgiving, something like that. And so you prepare for that Thanksgiving meal, often well in advance. But do we not eat the night before the Thanksgiving meal? It's the same type of thing, okay? And then I show them this part right here, that Jesus himself said three days and three nights, not portions thereof. I know the arguments. People say, well, any, in the Hebrew mind, any portion of a day is considered to be the full day. I, I don't know. I, I, there's no reason to even consider that because Jesus said three days and three nights. And that phraseology means literally the totality of it. Three complete days, three complete nights, not portions thereof. And so you have three days and three nights. When the sun goes down on that Saturday, it becomes Sunday. At some point in time after that, Jesus was resurrected. His body wasn't discovered until just before sunrise. Okay, It wasn't discovered to be missing until just before sunrise. But we see that this also fulfills another feast, the Feast of First Fruits, which uh, we won't go into right now. But Jesus was resurrected on that first day of the week. 
on Sunday. Now, I know people get all bent out of shape and they go, oh, they're worried about this. I've actually been taken to the woodshed by some respected people over this. But it was so disappointing, this one guy particularly. I mean, I highly respect him, like him. I still do. But he, I mean, he just, he did not like this at all. And he started quoting church tradition and church history. He didn't deal with the scripture. He won't deal with the scriptural part of it. He wants to quote the church tradition. And, and, you know, we don't need to be like that. We don't need to be filled with fear. We don't need to be defensive. We just simply need to know the truth. Now, you know what? I participate in the in the various type of services that people have. As a matter of fact, there'll be a Good Friday service tonight where we remember what the Lord did for us. And I'm a part of that. That's fine. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. But I know that our timing is incorrect. I know that we communicate some things that we shouldn't. Now, why is all this important? Well, in one way, perhaps it isn't. But let me tell you, if the world can't trust us on little things like this, which are really non-essential things related to the faith, then why in the world would they believe us into things related to the essentials. If something is cut and dry like this in a scripture and yet we refuse to adjust or we refuse to acknowledge or we refuse to actually examine it and dig it out ourselves, then why should somebody listen to me about something else? So anyway, take all this to... Uh, uh, to the scripture, I lined it up. I actually did my blog on this today. I did the blog and the podcast both on the same thing to where you can sort of compare and go back and, ch and check the scripture out. Also, uh, if the Lord moves upon your heart, you know, go to the Patreon site and, uh, you know, support us as you can as the Lord leads you. We greatly appreciate that. Okay, again, I'm Dale, and I'll see you again later. Goodbye.